The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. To Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. This program will provide the groundwork you need to advance your awareness and be involved in the approaching transformation in consciousness. Now, your host, Peter Tung. Hello and welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. And I'm your host, Peter Tung. Thank you for joining us today. The intention in these episodes is to give you insights into how the planet is shifting in frequency and vibration to a new level of awareness and how you can be part of this grand awakening. And I'm absolutely delighted today to welcome to the show Graham Hancock and a a new direction for Graham in writing his first fictional book. After all of the superbly written and researched non-fiction books on ancient civilization, uh, Graham has now put out his first um, non, uh, sorry, first fictional novel, Entangled. And Graham, I'd love to hear the story of, behind uh, how you decided to write your first fictional story. Hi, Peter. Well, um, it, 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 it happened uh, this way. I've been, I've been writing, uh, as, as you rightly say, non-fiction for, for many years, controversial books about uh, historical mysteries and the possibility of a lost uh, civilization that was wiped from the face of the earth at the end of the last ice age. Um, and I really completed that investigation in 2002. It began really with my, my book, Fingerprints of the Gods. Um, but by 2002, when I published Underworld, which documented six years of scuba diving all around the world, looking for and finding uh, ruins that were submerged by rising sea levels at the end of the last ice age, I felt that I had brought the investigation into a lost civilization to an end. Uh, and I went on to write one more uh, non-fiction book on, on a different subject, a book called Supernatural Meetings with the Ancient Teachers of Mankind, which concerns shamanism and altered states of consciousness and mysterious figures that are painted on cave walls tens of thousands of years old uh, throughout Europe and indeed uh, all around the world. And as part of the research for Supernatural, I had to go down to the Amazon jungle and work with uh, shamans there and drink with them the powerful visionary brew uh, known as ayahuasca, uh, which is uh, in itself uh, an extraordinary phenomenon. It, It transported me into seamlessly convincing parallel realms and planted in my mind the idea uh, that uh, by altering our state of consciousness, we may alter the receiver wavelength of the brain uh, and uh, gain access to other realities that are, in fact, as real uh, as our own, but not normally uh, accessible 
to our senses. So, so this was the background that uh, built up to my first novel. Um, after publishing Supernatural in 2006, um, I really felt strongly that uh, I wanted to express myself in a novel. And I went back to Brazil and drank ayahuasca five more times uh, with the specific intent to see what that novel might be uh, and whether it was something that I would be able to do. Um, and it's an extraordinary mystery, mystery really, because I, Ayahuasca responded by uh, giving me a download uh, of a story, uh, the story that I eventually wrote up uh, as Entangled, in which there were two young women um, separated by 24,000 years. One of them, Rhea, lives in the Stone Age, and the other, Leone, lives in modern 21st century Los Angeles, but they're brought together by a supernatural being uh, to do battle with a demon who travels through time. It's a battle of good against evil. It's an adventure story, and woven into it uh, are all kinds of uh, unusual and extraordinary ideas about the mysterious nature of reality. Uh, and at the end of those sessions in Brazil, I was given a very clear instruction by, by the entity uh, that, that I construe as the spirit behind ayahuasca uh, to go back home and write this story. And that's what I did. Wow. And I've read the novel. and it, It's very new, isn't it? When did it come, actually come out? Just published at the beginning of October, Peter. Well, congratulations. Well, I, I've actually got a copy, I'm delighted to say, and I've read it. Great. So I, 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 uh, it and it's a fascinating story, and there are so many elements in it of, of uh, controversy and interest for us to talk about today. Yeah. Um, but, but before we move on, there were a couple of things that you said that I wanted to come back to you. So uh, you mentioned the, the spirit of ayahuasca itself. So this is a being or an entity, as you call it, that, that actually is directly connected with people who take the ayahuasca? That's, that's right. Of course, mainstream scientists who've not had this experience themselves uh, would utterly reject such a notion uh, that in a trance state we may uh, contact uh, higher powers and uh, quote-unquote supernatural entities. Uh, but in the Amazon, amongst shamans who've been working with ayahuasca for at least 4,000 years, there's strong archaeological evidence of the use of ayahuasca going back at least that far. Um, there's no doubt about the matter. The shamans are quite convinced that, uh, that a supernatural being, they often call her Our Lady of the Forest, uh, lies behind the ayahuasca brew and uses the brew uh, as a means to access human consciousness and to teach us to be better people uh, and to teach us also about the mysterious nature of reality. Um, this is just uh, taken as an absolute fact in the Amazon. And, and although I know it's a very difficult idea for mainstream scientists to swallow. Um, the extraordinary thing is that ayahuasca has been spreading out from the Amazon jungle. It's found its way into virtually every industrialized country in the world now. And hundreds of thousands of people, in fact, it's estimated to be millions now in the West, have drunk ayahuasca, and, and they all report similar experiences, which include, uh, sooner or later, uh, an encounter with this extraordinary being, always seen as female, but sometimes in human form, sometimes in the form of a giant serpent, sometimes in the form of a jaguar, uh, who teaches them tough lessons 
lessons about how to live one's life and how to be uh, a, a more nurturing and less toxic person, and also lessons of creativity. There have been many whose creativity has blossomed after working with ayahuasca. There, there are some visionary artists in the United States, for example, Alex Gray and Martina Hoffman and Robert Venosa, uh, whose work has been uh, tra transformed uh, by their experiences with ayahuasca. Um, I know of a couple of geneticists who went down to the Amazon to drink ayahuasca and came back with new insights into the nature of DNA and not just the general nature of DNA, but very specific aspects of it that they themselves were, were studying and felt that it had been a huge help to them in moving forwards in their research. And in my case, while well, I'm not a geneticist or a, a painter, uh, but I am a writer, words have been my trade for a very, very long time. And, and I was given this this uh, sort of launching pad uh, into writing fiction uh, by those experiences. And so the writing process was actually very different from the writing process involved with fact-grinding non-fiction work. So I just wanted to jump in for a second there. You, you mentioned, and I'd love you to just mention this story um, about DNA and genetics because I believe that Francis Crick, who was one of the first uh, scientists to decode the DNA with Crick, the Crick and Watson, which I remember studying in high school, uh, was also uh, in, involved in this, wasn't he? That's absolutely right. Uh, it, Crick kept the matter secret during his life, but it came out uh, after his death that he had confided to several friends that the inspiration that led him to discover the double helix structure of DNA uh, did not come in the alert, problem-solving state of mind uh, that one normally associates with science, uh, but resulted from experiences that he had uh, had rather regularly in the 1950s with LSD. And it was under the influence of LSD uh, that he first saw uh, a shimmering vision of the double helix and understood that this was, uh, that this was how it worked. So it was a fundamental scientific insight uh, came about uh, as, as a result of visionary experiences. Now, and, and when you say LSD, so the active ingredient in LSD is the same as in ayahuasca? No, it's not the same, although it's very closely related. The active ingredient in ayahuasca is DMT, dimethyltryptamine. Um, and uh, it is, it's, again, there's a real, a real miracle of, of Amazonian shamanic science here because two plants are involved in the ayahuasca brew. One is a bush. Its botanical name is Cicotria viridis, uh, and its leaves contain uh, quite high concentrations of DMT. Um, but you can't normally uh, metabolize DMT orally. Uh, if you were to make up a, a, a brew just of those leaves and, and boil it up and, and drink it, you could drink 100 gallons of it and it wouldn't have any effect on you, except perhaps giving you a stomachache. And that is because there's an enzyme in our stomachs called monoamine oxidase that switches off DMT on contact and stops it being absorbed orally. But the second ingredient of the brew the ayahuasca vine, uh, contains an enzyme that switches off monoamine oxidase. It contains a monoamine oxidase inhibitor, which therefore allows the DMT in the leaves to be absorbed uh, orally. Um, and how this was ever discovered, uh, this combination of these two plants out of the more than 155,000 different species of plants and trees uh, that are found in the Amazon, uh, is something that uh, no one has ever explained. Of course, when you ask the shamans themselves, they say quite simply, our, our ancestors received this wisdom from the spirits.
Right, exactly. We're coming up to our first break, Graham. Time is flying by. Um, And when we return, I'm going to ask you to actually talk about the ayahuasca experience itself. Indeed. This is uh, Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. Be Extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. Walk our true spiritual path at a time when the Western world is fixated on material gain? More people are now recognizing the emptiness, which comes with this limited approach to life. There is another way. Four years ago, Peter Tong left his position as a high school principal with 30 years experience in the education system and turned to his true calling of a metaphysical life. He now uses his experience and wisdom to provide solutions to personal and organizational challenges. Peter offers corporate workshops and seminars, public meditations, radio interviews, healing sessions, and community visits to bring awareness of the new paradigm, the awakening to conscious co-creation. Visit petertongue.com today to register for events and to purchase his transformative visualization meditation CDs. You can also download the meditation CDs as MP3s if you wish for listening on your computer or on the go. These are available now at petertongue.com. What would you do if you came across a technology so profound that you move to balance within minutes of application and from that balance the body heals itself? We have the research, the testimonials, world-class health practitioners, and we conduct free demonstrations throughout North America and the world. Sound too good to be true? Click on the Amized Fusion Technology banner and find out for yourself and join us in a self-care revolution. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. The new home for visionary positive change. Seventh Wave Network. Listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. I'd just like to take this opportunity to thank my sponsors, Business Associates of Omega Global. And next week, one of those associates, Patrick Cody, will be talking about cutting-edge technology that helps the body move into balance and how this helps the body to heal itself of any pain or disease. So I look forward to that show with Patrick next week. And now back to Graham Hancock. And Graham, I'd love you to tell us what the actual taking of ayahuasca is like and, and what that leads to 
With, with pleasure. And, and if, I could, if I could preface my remarks with a couple of points, um, uh, perhaps some listeners will, will think when I talk of ayahuasca and DMT that I'm, I'm talking about uh, some kind of drug. But it's really important to understand how this incredible view is, uh, the brew is viewed in the Amazon. Uh, and it is seen and spoken of as a, as a medicine and as a healing uh, agent. And interestingly, uh, ayahuasca is now being used in a number of clinics around the world uh, to get people off addictions to hard drugs. Uh, it seems that uh, during a, uh, what is usually about a dozen ayahuasca sessions, drug addicts, people whose lives have been ruined by heroin and cocaine, uh, have a, a flash of insight and an understanding of the basis of their addiction and are able to, uh, to give up the drugs uh, and uh, w w w almost completely without withdrawal symptoms. Uh, so it's an extraordinary uh, healing medicine. And the last point to make, which leads into my answer to your question, um, is that uh, one thing nobody should ever imagine is that ayahuasca is something that can be taken recreationally. Uh, it is uh, extremely serious business, and any kind of frivolous uh, approach to it is quite inconceivable. And this is partly because uh, it is, in fact, such a physical ordeal uh, to drink ayahuasca. Um, it's not for nothing that one of the names it's known by in the Amazon is the purge, uh, because the first thing that ayahuasca does to you after it's entered your body, usually within about uh, 45 minutes or an hour, um, is it makes you uh, very often severely nauseous uh, and uh, sick, and this is accompanied uh, vomiting, and this is accompanied by, by diarrhea. Um, this is what you have to go through uh, in order to have the visionary experiences that come with ayahuasca. And when I first started drinking ayahuasca in the Amazon, it was very difficult for me to deal with these, uh, these physical side effects, especially in a, in a rather public setting, because one tends to drink ayahuasca in a circle of a dozen or up to 20 people with the shaman uh, officiating. And all I could do was kind of run behind a tree and uh, get, on, get on with it, um, very, uh, very much against the sort of Western uh, way of dealing with bodily functions. But this was the first lesson that it taught me, that our bodies are not the most important part of ourselves. It's our consciousness that really defines the human being. Uh, and our bodies are simply a, a vehicle in which, in which consciousness is, uh, is incarnated or expressed. And at the level of consciousness, what's happening with ayahuasca is that you are being drawn through in what seems to virtually everyone who drinks it to be another world, uh, another realm. Often it's a jungle realm, whether you drink it in the jungle or you drink it in the heart of one of the great cities in the West. And in this jungle, everything is filled with sentience and wisdom, the, the trees, the bushes, the butterflies, the felines, the snakes. And another mysterious thing is that everyone who drinks ayahuasca sees uh, serpents. Um, and this has actually been thoroughly documented by the professor of psychology at the Hebrew University in Jerusalem, Professor Benny Shannon, who's, who's compared the experiences of hundreds of ayahuasca drinkers around the world and discovered that all of them uh, see serpents in their visions and that these serpents, far from being terrifying, seem wise, uh, intelligent, uh, communicate with us uh, telepathically uh, and uh, teach us wisdom. Uh, and as I said earlier, uh, the shamans of the Amazon, and I myself have had this experience several times, 
uh, often encounter the spirit of ayahuasca herself, and she often appears in the form of a serpent. On, on one occasion, uh, I, I w went to ayahuasca feeling uh, very negative about myself, actually filled with self-hatred for various things that had happened in my life, um, uh, uh, unable to love myself in, in any way. And the spirit of ayahuasca came to me in the visions in the form of a gigantic serpent, and she wrapped herself completely around my body and rested this huge anaconda head on my shoulder and just gazed into my eyes for two straight hours. And what was sent to me was a message of reassurance and encouragement, a message to, to be strong, that it is not possible to love others unless you also love yourself. And I came out of this experience enormously healed and invigorated and with the sense that I had been dealing with, a, with an extraordinary intelligence whose business was the planet, uh, but yet who had time for me, for just one human being in one direct encounter. So I'm, I'm really interested to, to try and get a bit of an understanding of, of what, what, you, what you're feeling, like in terms of your own consciousness, your own, you see these beings, you see these um, amphiogens, the half, half animal, half human uh, structures. And so so what, is, what is going through you at that point in terms of your awareness, your thinking, your emotions, your fear, your uh, ecstasy. What, just t tell us. Yeah, well, thanks for, thanks for raising that point. And you're right. Amongst, amongst the other supposedly fearsome creatures that we encounter under the influence of ayahuasca are not only serpents, but also what are called therianthropes, from the Greek therion, which means wild beast, and anthropos, which means man, combinations, hybrid combinations of, of beast and human. And, uh, and interestingly, such uh, images uh, appear very far back. In fact, they're the earliest uh, documentation uh, of of, um, of, of art in the world on the walls of the painted caves in Europe more than 30,000 years ago. What do I feel like when I enter these strange and mysterious realms? You know, it's a bit like traveling to a completely unfamiliar country where the inhabitants do everything differently from the way that we do them. Um, a, a, a strange and majestic realm filled with saturated colors um, with an incredible vibrancy of life. And it takes a little while to find your feet there. That's why I do strongly recommend to anybody who wants to work with ayahuasca that they should do so uh, under the care of a competent shaman who knows exactly what he or she is doing. It's like having a guide in a strange land who will hold your hand and reassure you uh, and help you to see the truth. Uh, so there is an incredible feeling of disorientation and there is sometimes a feeling of fear. For example, as a great serpent opens its jaws 20 feet wide uh, in front of you. Uh, but what the shamans teach is that rather, with, rather than withdraw or run away from that fear, one must throw oneself into it, throw yourself into the mouth of the serpent uh, and, and, and enter through it. And, and in that way, uh, with courage, and it takes, it takes some effort to build up this courage, with courage, extraordinary experiences open up to you. Wow, fascinating. So it's a real personal uh, test of initiation 
to a large degree? It certainly is. Firstly, having to deal with the physical consequences and secondly, having to deal with an utterly alien and strange environment filled with intelligences that seem incredibly powerful. Uh, to, to deal with this uh, does require an act of will. You have to brace yourself for it. And, and, in, and, and also the ayahuasca experience is quite prolonged. Uh, it goes on for, for the best part of four hours usually and sometimes longer. Uh, so it, it, uh, it, it, is, it can be an ordeal. What I've found as I've worked with ayahuasca more and more, and I have now drunk it uh, since 2003, I've drunk it uh, more than uh, 30 times, um, is that this unfamiliarity does a little bit begin to wear off and you start to recognize familiar inhabitants of the other world. And by the way, that other world is what shamans call the spirit world. But I don't think it's so very different from what quantum physicists call parallel universes or parallel realms. You gradually begin to find your feet there. But courage is required uh, throughout um, because it is incredibly strange. Uh, it's so different. It truly is another world. So is communication largely telepathic in that realm with you? Yes, it's, in, it's entirely telepathic uh, and it's, uh, it's two-way. Uh, an, an instant connection at the level of thought. Um, the, the sounds that you hear uh, during, during ayahuasca uh, are, are songs that the shaman himself is singing called Icaros. And these songs guide you uh, on your journey. It's like a pathway is set out for you through the other realm, uh, which, you can then, which you can then follow along. But your contact with the entities that you encounter there um, is entirely uh, telepathic. And again, I, I feel the need to emphasize, I do understand how nuts some scientists may think this sounds, but I would only ask them uh, to have the experience themselves and have it at least five times um, and then make a judgment. It's, it's, it's a mistake to make a judgment about these kind of experiences without having any personal knowledge of them at all. And obviously the shaman uh, plays a, a significant role during the experience. Does the shaman take the ayahuasca as well? Always. The shaman always drinks the ayahuasca. Um, but these, these shamans in the, in the Amazon um, have been working with the brew all their lives uh, since they were young men and women and uh, are, are masters of the experience and, and are masters of entry into the spirit world and uh, dealing with the powerful entities that reside there. The interesting thing is that the, the entities of the spirit world um, cannot uh, intervene directly in the human realm. In our day-to-day -day lives in the material world, they can't, they can't do anything. The only way they can reach us is through our consciousness. And reaching us through our consciousness, what's intriguing, uh, is the way they guide us to be better. Graham, we're coming up to our second break, and thank you for that. And when we return, we're going to talk about some of the phenomenon that you cover in your new novel, Entangled. Wonderful discussion, and I hope you'll stay tuned for the rest of the show. This is Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. Dad, can I ask you something? Sure, what's up? Um, there's this girl I kind of like. Well, if there's one thing I know, it's women. Really? Well, they didn't call me velvet for nothing. 
I don't get it. Smooth. I was smooth. Oh. Anyway, it's easy. You just got to impress her. Show her how strong you are. Okay, but how? Just, I don't know, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? I don't know, desks, chairs, people. Grunt if you have to. Grunt? Yeah, be like, Ugh! Try it. Ugh! Ugh! <laughs> See, there you go. And you should dress up. Start wearing a shirt and tie. I'll look like a dork. No, you'll look successful. Okay. And finally, you can start using my cologne. <clears throat> the ladies love it, so don't be shy. Splash it on. Thanks, Dad. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To find out how you can adopt, please visit our website at adoptuskids.org or call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. What would you do if you came across a technology so profound that you move to balance within minutes of application and from that balance the body heals itself? We have the research, the testimonials, world-class health practitioners, and we conduct free demonstrations throughout North America and the world. Sound too good to be true? Click on the Amized Fusion Technology banner and find out for yourself and join us in a self-care revolution. walk our true spiritual path at a time when the western world is fixated on material gain more people are now recognizing the emptiness which comes with this limited approach to life there is another way four years ago peter tong left his position as a high school principal with 30 years experience in the education system and turned to his true calling of a metaphysical life he now uses his experience and wisdom to provide solutions to personal and organizational challenges peter offers corporate workshops and seminars public meditations radio interviews healing sessions and community visits to bring awareness of the new paradigm the awakening to conscious co-creation visit petertong.com today to register for events and to purchase his transformative visualization meditation cds you can also download the meditation cds as mp3s if you wish for listening on your computer or on the go these are available now at petertongue.com. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. Listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host Peter Tung. Just a reminder. My website, www.petertongue.com, where you can listen to all of these wonderful shows archived, and www.myheartcenteredjourney.com and the Ambassadors of Light program, where a week tomorrow, the 28th of October, I'm going to be talking about the seventh day beginning of the uh, Mayan calendar and what we can expect. Actually, the October 28th date is an interesting one because one year from now is when Carl Kalman believes that the whole mind calendar comes to a conclusion so uh, please check that out and if you want to join us please uh, do so so now back to graham hancock and, and graham in your in your first 
novel, Entangled. You include a lot of experiences that have come from the ayahuasca experience. So I'd love to, to chat about some of those now. Yeah. Um, and in the story, you, you talk about uh, near-death experiences mm -hmm. and out-of-body experiences. How are they related to the ayahuasca experience? Well, um, some very uh, interesting research was done at the University of New Mexico in the 1990s by Dr. Rick Strassman uh, with human volunteers and uh, DMT, uh, DMT being the active ingredient of ayahuasca. Uh, and this uh, truly groundbreaking research uh, raised uh, a, a number of, of important issues. And one of them is that actually DMT is already found in our own bodies. It's in every human being. Uh, and Rick's research indicated that it was produced in the pineal gland uh, in, the, in the brain. Uh, and he argues uh, extensively with excellent documentation that um, the near-death experience, uh, which is a, a quite w widely known in our culture uh, by people who die uh, in, in an emergency room and then are resuscitated, during the period of death they have uh, extraordinary encounters and uh, visions. With, uh, with intelligent beings, uh, sometimes in the form of angels. Uh, and Rick's uh, research suggests very strongly that this is mediated by DMT, that there's a release, a rush of DMT from the pineal gland uh, at the moment of death, which helps to guide us across uh, into the next stage of our existence as uh, conscious beings. So near-death experiences, and indeed some dreams, uh, particularly lucid dreams, uh, may be directly related to the production of DMT uh, in the brain. And it's why um, I begin my story with a near-death experience on the part of the modern character, uh, Leone, um, who overdoses herself on, on drugs and actually dies. Um, and during that uh, near-death experience, she is brought back to life, but during that near-death experience, she, she encounters an angelic being. Uh, I call her the Blue Angel uh, in the novel who Leone uh, now realizes she has been in contact with uh, throughout her life. Uh, and this angelic being uh, begins to spell out to her what she must do. Um, and, and then Leone is returned to life and sets off on her mission. And after that, the vehicle that I use to bring the two young female uh, heroes into contact, one 24,000 years ago and one today, uh, isn't some kind of time machine, but it's altered states of consciousness brought on by DMT and by uh, psilocybin uh, in the Stone Age. Um, and this is uh, out of body. Uh, the suggestion is that we, we, are, we are freed from the chains of the material realm and of this specific moment in which we live. And thus we are free to wander throughout the physical universe uh, and through time itself. And I was shown a very different view of time uh, in the visions that led to this novel, not as a straight line, not as an arrow that leads from past through present to future with cause and effect only running in one direction, but rather as a series of cycles or spirals which intersect and interlock and allow um, cause and effect to work in both directions through time, not only from the past to the future, but also from the future or the present uh, back to the back to the past. Um, this was the uh, this this was a, an essential insight that I had while writing this book. So, did you actually have an experience yourself of, of stepping out of time and being in a different time period? Um, I have had that experience. 
experience myself. Yes, uh, being being transported back to a to a Viking uh, encampment uh, oh. with campfires and 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 and, and warriors. And um, I, I again I saw uh, visions of exactly uh, this type while uh, undergoing the initiation experience that led to. Uh, that led to Entangled. It, it showed me that it would be a battle of good against evil played out across the span of time, um, and that, that humans would be directly involved in this. Behind the whole story are two supernatural beings, the blue angel on the side of the light and goodness, and a, and a horrific demon called Sulpa. Uh, on he, is, the, he, he is horrific, isn't he? <laughs> he's a horrific creature, and, and writing about Sulpa was one of the hardest things that I've ever had to do. Um, because the, what Sulpa is trying to do, um, he gains psychic energy by destroying goodness. And the essence of goodness in my novel uh, are the creatures that we call the Neanderthals. Rhea is an anatomically modern human being, just like us, living 24,000 years ago. But that's the time that the last Neanderthals, our distant cousins, also lived on this planet, another human species. And Neanderthals have traditionally been depicted as thuggish, uh, ignorant, uh, knuckle-dragging brutes. But I was shown that they were full of love and compassion, um, full of kindness, unable to do violence uh, to, to others. It was quite contrary to their nature um, and equipped with healing and, and telepathic powers. And it's this good force in the ancient world that Sulpa seeks to mislead human beings uh, into destroying uh, so that he can gain the psychic energy to leap forward into the 21st century and weave the doom of all mankind. And since the Blue Angel uh, cannot intervene directly on the human plane, um, what she does is influence these two young women, Rhea and Leone, and bring them together across time uh, to defeat the forces of the demon. So the demon also is not able to influence the material world? He works, again, entirely through human consciousness by tempting and misleading people towards dark choices. Uh, and right. it's very clear to me that, that this is the fundamental responsibility and predicament of the human being, that our consciousness has reached a level where we are absolutely responsible for our choices. Uh, and that very often we persuade ourselves that a choice is correct uh, even though it leads to a vast amount of pain and suffering. And I would say whenever uh, individuals make such choices that add to the misery in the world, uh, it's a reasonable suppo supposition that a demonic force is at work. Right, yeah, okay. So the, the Neanderthal uh, idea uh, came to you in one of your ayahuasca experiences. Is there evidence... Um, in, in our world that this was in fact true for the Neanderthals? Well, it's very interesting uh, because when I was writing Entangled, uh, and indeed in the initial visions that, that provided we, me with the inspiration, um, I saw the Neanderthals quite clearly and, and, and I saw them as compassionate and loving beings. I saw them as having red hair and I saw the potential of interbreeding between humans uh, and Neanderthals. Now, all of these ideas when I was writing the book uh, were not accepted by science. And one of the mysterious things which makes me think that, uh, that I did tap into truth uh, in these visions is the way in the last few months that the entire image of the Neanderthals uh, has been rehabilitated by science. New evidence has been discovered that they did indeed have red hair 
This was, this was totally unknown at the time that I wrote the book. Um, new evidence has emerged that they did indeed interbreed with human beings. Indeed, 4% of all modern human genes are now understood to have come from Neanderthals since the Neanderthal genome has been sequenced. And those genes include, by the way, the gene for red hair. And most recently, just this month, although it's still the subject of some controversy, um, there's been an enormous amount of new evidence of uh, compassion and love on the part of the Neanderthals. It's clear that the elderly and the sick were cared for and nurtured within that community long after the time when they would have ceased to be physically viable without that support. There's evidence of a blind Neanderthal who was cared for throughout his life by his fellows. Um, and, and a great deal uh, of, of evidence of intelligence and creativity on the part of the Neanderthals. So I feel somehow through this visionary process uh, that, that, that truths were revealed to me, which I, which I then set down in the form of this novel. Fascinating. And Entangled, presumably, is completely connected to entanglement of the modern-day uh, quantum physics. Yes, quantum physics uh, very much does come into this story, and, and um, there's, a, there's a doctor in the story as well whose name is John Bannerman, who, who is doing a DMT research project, and that's after her near-death experience. That's how Leone gains access to DMT, because she joins his uh, research, uh, research pro pro project. Um, and, and um, you know, the, the, uh, the aspect of, of DMT as a as a modulator of consciousness uh, is, ex is, is extremely important in this work because we normally regard, uh, I, th I think there's a kind of default mode in our society is to regard the brain simply as uh, a, a generator of consciousness, you know, rather in the way that factories make cars. Um, but the new evidence is that, that consciousness may, uh, may be outside ourselves and may manifest in the physical world through the brain, that the brain may be a vehicle for consciousness or a receiver of consciousness uh, rather than a generator of consciousness. And if that's the case, then of course it makes perfect sense that if we retune the receiver wavelength of the brain, uh, we can indeed uh, gain access to other realities. Graham, we're just coming up to our, our final break, and, and I want to ask you what your uh, awareness is of, of, of what is happening in the world today and what it is we actually need to uh, move forward uh, at this pretty critical time on the planet. This is Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. How do we walk our true spiritual path at a time when the Western world is fixated on material gain? More people are now recognizing the emptiness which comes with this limited approach to life. There is another way. Four years ago, Peter Tung left his position as a high school principal with 30 years experience in the education system and turned to his true calling of a metaphysical life. He now uses his experience and wisdom to provide solutions to personal and organizational challenges. Peter offers corporate workshops and seminars, public meditations, 
radio interviews, healing sessions, and community visits to bring awareness of the new paradigm, the awakening to conscious co-creation. Visit PeterTongue.com today to register for events and to purchase his transformative visualization meditation CDs. You can also download the meditation CDs as MP3s if you wish for listening on your computer or on the go. These are available now at PeterTongue.com. What would you do if you came across a technology so profound that you move to balance within minutes of application and from that balance the body heals itself? We have the research, the testimonials, world-class health practitioners, and we conduct free demonstrations throughout North America and the world. Sound too good to be true? Click on the Amized Fusion Technology banner and find out for yourself and join us in a self-care revolution. There is a lot more going on in religion and government than what high-ranking officials are telling you. The Bible uncovers the truth, prophecies, and a world of opportunities. Get the answers you need when you tune into the program To the Stars and Beyond with your hosts Michael List and Adam Hong. We'll explore the religious and spiritual beliefs from ancient history to the prophecies that are shaping the world and current events of today. To the Stars and Beyond airs live every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern on 7th Wave Network. Be extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. Listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong, and I'm having a fascinating and pretty unique uh, experience discussion here with uh, Graham Hancock. And Graham, just before the break, you were talking about uh, consciousness and, and quantum physics and entanglement. Just continue with that. That's right. Well, I was going to say the the doctor, who's one of the the characters uh, in Entangled, describes his work with uh, with DMT uh, as leading to the holy grail of quantum physics. And the holy grail of quantum physics uh, is not only to recognize the existence of parallel dimensions and parallel rea- realities, but also to be able to enter into them. Um, and and uh, the suggestion is that, uh, that parallel dimensions are what we are reaching with uh, ayahuasca, uh, that we don't need the Large Hadron Collider in Geneva, Switzerland, uh, to break through into these parallel realms. We already have all the equipment uh, inside our own skulls. It's called our brains. And all we need to do is open that secret doorway inside our minds, and we can project our consciousness through into freestanding parallel worlds and interact with the beings that inhabit them. And in fact, that's what shamans all over the world have been doing since the beginning of time. So using the ayahuasca opens that, uh, that closed door, that, that secret passage through. That's very much the suggestion. You know, we're so locked down in the modern world. We're so focused in uh, on the material realm 
and on our day-to-day concerns and worries and issues um, that it's extremely difficult uh, to even consider theoretically that there might be other, real, other, other realities and other realms that are not so easily accessible to our senses. And in fact, when I discussed the predicament of the modern world with shamans in the Amazon, they all said the same thing. The West is sick because you've lost your connection with spirit. You've severed your connection with spirit. And if there's to be any hope uh, for the West, we have to reconnect with spirit again. And it seems to the, to the shamans and to me that that's what these ancient and sacred plants are doing, uh, a manifestation of the earth itself um, reaching out to us uh, trying to influence us to change our ways for the better at the 11th hour because our world is in a terrible predicament just now. Uh, and, that and, that, was, uh, and that was my next question, I, to ask you, in fact, if you've been given any insights uh, through your ayahuasca experiences about the current state of humanity and what we should be doing and need to be doing and, and where we're going. I had a, a vision uh, in the Amazon um, with ayahuasca Uh, in which I saw the great serpent form of the spirit of ayahuasca. Uh, But this time she was broken and damaged. Uh, And I was shown our planet, this this beautiful blue sphere swirling in space and a great darkness closing in around it. And and the spirit of ayahuasca spoke to me through telepathy and, 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 and said... I cannot stop this. And, and I said, how can you not stop this? You are a, a supernatural being. You have extraordinary powers. And she said, it is beyond my powers, but it is not beyond the powers of human beings. The choice is yours. You must make the decision. You must take the actions that will bring the world back to its right path. It was a very powerful and very persuasive uh, message that uh, our future is in our own hands. We are not uh, subject to blind geological forces. Uh, If cataclysm comes down to us, we will have drawn it down on ourselves. And it's not too late uh, to take the other path, to get rid of the fear and hatred and suspicion that are poisoning and polluting our world, and to replace that with, with love and nurture and kindness. Uh, towards fellow human beings. If we all take that initial first step, then the darkness need not descend on us and, and, and hope still remains. And that's why I review, uh, I view the Mayan prophecies in 2012 not necessarily as a cataclysmic ending of anything, but perhaps as the beginning of something new. And I do see a tremendous wave of awakened consciousness spreading around the world right now and, and counteracting the, the dark forces of mind control that are so sophisticated in Western society. Well, that's certainly true, and, and, and thanks to people like yourself and, and shows like this, that there is a real uh, explosion of awakening consciousness, thank, thank goodness. Yes, it's, it's really happening fast. And Graham, you, you've done incredible, extensive work in, in, the, in the, the non-fiction and now the fictional realm. So for anybody who would like to get hold of your new book or just connect with you uh, in general, give me the information. Well, uh, first of all, I'd like to say I hope my readers will come with me into this new path that I've taken, this new direction into fiction. Give me a, give me a chance and, and have a look at the book uh, because it is my path for the future. Uh, the way to find information on it is just go to my website, www 
GrahamHancock.com, G-R-A-H-A-M-H-A-N-C-O-C-K, and go to the Entangled page, which is clearly marked, and there you can see a video trailer on the book. There are four chapters available free online. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm, hope, I'm hoping that if people like those chapters, they'll, they'll go further and support me in this new direction in my life and uh, pick up the book. And, and you, leave, you leave us with a bit of a cliffhanger at the end of the book, so uh, presumably there's another one to come. Yes. Uh, virtually every chapter ends on a cliffhanger, and the last, <laughs> chapter, is, the last chapter is no, no exception. I'm writing the second volume uh, right now, and I'm about uh, 100 pages into it, and, and um, it's an extraordinary writing experience for me. I, I, I love working on this book. And just, uh, we didn't mention this, you, you mentioned earlier about having the information downloaded to you. How does that actually work for you physically? Well, uh, a lot of the information was downloaded consciously and remained in my memory. But I came to realize as I was writing it that a whole lot more was down, downloaded subconsciously. Uh, and that the best way to bring this out uh, was really was a kind of channeling rather than writing. The best way to bring it out was not to focus uh, and, and to over-intellectualize the writing task, as I've always done with my nonfiction, uh, but to defocus uh, and allow the story that was within me uh, to emerge uh, piece, piece by piece. And, and in this way, as I'm writing the story, sometimes aspects of it are a complete surprise to me as well. They must be. <laughs> oh, I just, I just wrote that. Fantastic. Well, Graham, this has been an absolutely extraordinary uh, show, and I really appreciate your wisdom, insight, and your courage to actually uh, continue on this ayahuasca path. I I'm assuming you're going to continue with it. Oh, yes. Uh, ayahuasca is an important part of my life, and I try to have uh, five sessions each year, uh, if possible. I find it very bal balancing and very helpful um, in dealing with uh, the, the, the difficulties and chaos of the modern world. It's, it's a clear point of, point of reference in my life now, and, and, and an incredible healing and, and loving and helpful entity lies behind it. Sometimes she gives you tough love, but it's always for your own good. And I'm sure there's going to be some people with their jaws wide open right now, having listened to someone of your reputation and brilliance in, in the traditional academic research way, uh, talking in this way. But it gives us all very serious thought for concern. So thank you so much. I really appreciate your time today. Thank it's been you. a wonderful interview. Thanks, Peter. Thank you very much for having me on the show. Okay. Bye-bye now. Bye. Well, we're right at the end of the time, and I really hope you've enjoyed this fascinating time with Graham Hancock. As I said earlier, my next week's guest is Patrick Cody, who will be talking about the latest science with regards to healing, the zero-point energy field, and I hope you'll join us for that. And uh, please do follow us on Twitter and Facebook and go to my own website, website www.petertongue.com. I really feel uh, the guests over the last uh, few months have been absolutely exceptional and it's rather like a, an archived library for you to follow what has been taking place. I hope you have a wonderful week. This is Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. found this week's show to be enlightening and inspiring. Please join host Peter Tong for another edition of Awakening to Conscious Creation next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network.